0: Welcome to the Diabetes Canada Healthcare Huddle, a podcast that invites healthcare professionals to listen in on the discussion as we explore a diabetes-related topic. Each episode, we will present a case study, then have a conversation with an expert about the clinical challenge. Finally, we will revisit the case and see how we can apply our new knowledge and tools. My name is Dr. Sarah Stafford. I'm an endocrinologist in Surrey, BC, and I'm joined by my colleague, Gail McNeil, who's a diabetes educator and clinical nurse specialist from Toronto. So today we are joined by Dr. Alana Halperin, who is a full-time staff physician, endocrinologist, and assistant professor in the job description of clinician in quality and innovation at Sunnybrook Hospital and the University of Toronto in Toronto, Canada. She has a large type 1 diabetes practice with a special interest in young adults and pregnant women, and has been recognized as a Canadian national expert in the integration of diabetes technology into virtual care. She is a strong advocate for the use of advanced technologies to help people living with diabetes decrease the burden of this complex chronic condition. Welcome, Alana. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Thank you for joining us today. And, and uh, Gail, I think, you know, the the context always is changing here with diabetes technology I feel like every time I turn around there's a new um, product available technology available and it's it's pretty difficult to keep up is that a challenge that you have in
1: clinic. Yes, Sarah to put it so very simply it is so difficult to keep up with the technology that we have. So thank you, Dr Halpern for joining us today to talk about the DI. It is a very hot topic. I'll never forget the first patient that came in with their own system. Now that was years ago. I remember the dietitian and I looking at each other and going, "Uh oh, <laughs> but the patient was so invested in what they were doing and so excited to show us that it was really sort of interesting. And again, we've got so many more people that are involved in this now. So I guess Dr. Halpern, my question to you is how can we best support our patients using this new technology? Because it is there and it's going to increase.
0: Perfect. So Dr. Halpern. Why do we need a position paper from Diabetes Canada on these do-it-yourself insulin technology and devices?
2: Great question, Sarah. So, um, you know, DIY automated insulin delivery systems have been around longer than commercial systems because people living with diabetes and their caregivers didn't want to wait for, um, you know, advances that needed to be approved by health regulators, etc. And so the systems have been around for a long time, but traditionally with sort of for the people by the people, and the healthcare practitioners just didn't get involved. Um, but there's an increasing recognition that um, you know people still need support from their diabetes care practitioners. But uh, my colleague Amy Morrison did a survey of over 200 HCPs across Canada and found that while 70% of people were comfortable with commercial AID systems, only 20% of people were comfortable with the DIY systems. And a lot of that was related to lack of exposure. Feeling there was no high-quality evidence to support their use, and being concerned about the legal and ethical implications of supporting a patient who's using an off-label device, and so that really showed us there was a need for Diabetes Canada to provide that re- literature review. What is the quality of the evidence out there? Talk to lawyers and uh, medical ethicists and um, uh, regulators on you know what 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 can we and can't we do as H. Uh, hcps to support people who may choose to use these systems because they meet their needs and we're not going to get into all the reasons why they might meet their needs right now certainly there's um, you can read our papers and watch our webinar but i think that was the main um, driving factor was to help hcps feel comfortable talking about these technologies and then supporting their patients if they choose to use them
0: And I think that's a great point because I often have had patients with type 1 diabetes. They might have proceeded with this on their own and they come in, they show me some program that I've never seen before. I have no idea where it came from. And they're showing me the data on their watch or their phone. I have no way to download it in clinic. So I feel a little lost in trying to support them. Or if they're asking me about it, you know, I don't know. Am I sending them to an evidence based resource where I can have confidence that they're going to be led in a good direction? So it's nice to have some guidance from diabetes. Canada. Um, if you're seeing a patient with type one diabetes, how would we even introduce the idea of DIY or how would we do that?
2: Yeah. So I think it's such an important question is that we have to think about when we talk about type one diabetes, there's different ways to deliver insulin and that's going to meet different patients needs in different ways. So we have injections, we have insulin pumps, and then we have automated insulin delivery. And I think the evidence is increasingly showing us that automated insulin delivery is sort of going to be the gold standard in terms of achieving glycemic outcomes, as well as decreasing the burden of living with this, you know, complex chronic condition. But but not everybody can access the commercial automated insulin delivery systems, or those systems that are available in Canada may not meet their needs in terms of tubing, et cetera. And so I would say that if you are going to offer or discuss AID to a patient, you should be discussing all evidence-based options. And we now have high quality randomized control trial evidence that shows that DIY AID can deliver that same excellent time and range without hypoglycemia and decreased burden of living with the condition, just like our commercial systems. So I think when I talk to my patients, I explain how AID works. You need a pump, you need a sensor, you need an algorithm that's run off of a computer. Sometimes that computer is is in an app on your phone and sometimes that computer is in the pump. And then I described to them the commercial systems and the DIY system. I like to put it in that context. And then I think we're providing patients with all the information for them to make an informed decision because ultimately they're in the driver's seat.
0: So let's say the patient's interested in DIY, you know, what do we do? Do we send them to the internet or are there resources that they have available to them?
2: Yeah, so you know what, I do send them to the internet, but I have some very specific resources that I have vetted and feel safe about. So the first resource I send them to is the Looped Facebook group. And this is a Facebook group of over 30,000 people. It's moderated by someone who is an author on our chapter. I know very well she understands these systems and she's really there to create Um, a a well-moderated group that's almost crowdsourced 24-hour technical support and that's how I describe the loop Facebook I say if you're going to choose to do it yourself there's no 1-800 number You can't call tech support for a commercial pump system. But in fact, because these people are living around the world, you may even get better tech support than you would get from a commercial system because when you post at two in the morning because your system's not working, someone in Australia is up and ready to respond. And so um, that's the first place I send them to because I think it's a great place to ask questions about what's involved in building the system and for ongoing troubleshooting types of questions. And the second document that I send them or I sort of link That I provide them to is something called Loop Docs. And all of these links, whether because if the patient is using an iPhone, they're probably going to loop. And if they're using an Android, they're probably going to use Android APS. And those are the two most popular systems available in Canada. And so all of these links are available um, in our webinar and in our user's guide. Um, But those are the two um, links that I've sort of vetted with uh, colleagues and through our whole user guide um, process um, that I share with my patients to get them started. And I described to them, I'm your diabetes doctor, I can't be your tech support, but I wouldn't be your tech support for a commercial system either, you'd be calling the company. I'm your diabetes support. So once you start using the system, you better come back to me and we'll look at the data together on those systems that you described as being a bit funny to look at and not something you're familiar with. Um, but um, in our user's guide, we actually show How those sharing systems work, like night scout and tide pool and give you example reports so you become more comfortable of what you would want to look at when you see a patient back in clinic and start to um, uh, review their settings and help them optimize things.
0: And I, I think that messaging is really important because I know that in the earlier phases with pumps and um, even closed loop systems, you know, I felt fairly responsible for understanding how the pump works and understanding then how does the closed loop system work for those limited systems we have available commercially. Um, so that if the patient comes, I, I try to help them troubleshoot. I can't do all the things they can do on customer support, but at least I feel like I know a little bit about how it's working. And with these loop systems, I, you know, I cl- feel quite unfamiliar with it. I have really no idea what's in the black box. So I think that's an important message to say: is actually we're not technical support for these looping systems. Yeah, so um, we're
2: not we're, we're not technical support, but I think it does help to understand how the algorithm works, Sarah. Because then, if you understand how the algorithm works, you can support your patients. And so we put that in the user's guide. And a key tip that I will share with people now, which I think is different than five years ago, is that there's a lot of similarities between the tandem control IQ algorithm and the loop and open APS um, algorithms. Quite different than the Medtronic algorithm, but these uh, the loop and open, uh, sorry, Android APS systems work off of your program settings. And so there's still a lot of work for you to do as the diabetes educator to say, are the basal rates appropriate? Is the ISF appropriate? And we get into all of that on the webinar that I've delivered. I just finished recording with Alana Chambers and Kate Farnsworth, um, and it's all in our user's guide. And so once you have those as sort of tools for you, then hopefully you'll feel more comfortable the next time a patient comes into your practice who's opted to use the system. And maybe you'll even start to feel comfortable telling your patients, hey, maybe this is a good system for you.
0: So that makes sense because we're not then totally hands-off the second they've decided to use this DIY system. We still have to kind of help them and support them in refining the aspects that we need to adjust, um, but become comfortable with this new technology. And so patient comes in, they're using this new DIY system. You know, one of the challenges I have in clinic is we're all set up to be able to download a Metronic pump, an Omnipod, a Tandem pump. Uh, my staff don't have all these different software. So do we ask the patients to bring... Bring those reports in with them? Or what do we do?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a paper person. So I tend to tell my patients to give me the link to their system. But there's two main systems. One's called night scout. And that usually the patients will provide you with a URL. And so I kind of save that URL on their chart so I can just open it. Um, the other is called Tidepool. And you may be familiar with Tidepool because it's pretty much device agnostic. And so I do have patients who prefer Tidepool to Gluco or CareLink. And um, uh, Tidepool, they can invite you as a clinician to sort of be on there to follow them. Um, and, but they could easily, if you don't want to get involved in having another login or anything like that, they could easily uh, print their um, print their reports for you. Um, and again, in the um, user guide, we go over which reports you would really want to look at. But it's so similar to what you would look at in CareLink or Gluco. Like it's just, um, you know, what are the overall summary statistics? What's the CGM tracing? Let's look at a couple dailies and see how the pump is working, and if you're going too high or too low after your meals, if you're dropping too much overnight all of those usual kind of approaches still apply. So it doesn't have to see as daunting and scary as it probably once was because we're all becoming more familiar with with commercial AID systems as well.
0: Yeah, it, you know, it's just it's such a new world here with type one diabetes and pumps. And, and really, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm mindful of, it's pretty time consuming. When we see these patients who have these new systems, we have to familiarize ourselves with them and look at these new reports. So being as prepared as we possibly can in advance so that we're ready. I think that's probably really key as well. Yeah. Um, and what a new world where we're sending people to Facebook to learn how to manage their insulin pump, right? I know it does.
2: It does seem crazy, but the idea of sort of, um, a, a built by the community for the community still applies because I think it's really important for us to remember that diabetes is a do it yourself condition. And Kate says something so useful on, on the podcast. She says, I trust a computer algorithm much more so than my 16 year old daughter with an insulin pen and, uh, and a finger poker. Right, so um, these systems are actually built to help our patients and not make things more complex, but um, what I usually tell the patients is um, you do not need to be techie to build the system, but you need to invest the time, and we know that's one of the barriers for our patients getting on commercial systems too. They have to meet more frequently with the educators, then they have to carve out the time to meet with the pump trainer, and they still have to optimize their settings after they've gotten on the pump. So those things are not that different. You have to invest the time to reap the rewards um, uh, from a healthcare, uh, from a, from a p- person with diabetes perspective. From an HCP, I think it's true too, but there's nothing more rewarding than seeing your patient who struggled with hyperglycemia or high glucose variability was swinging from high to low for years and years, on sort of the, our more conventional systems, which I would still say now includes glucose monitoring, like continuous glucose monitoring is pretty penetrated in the type one space. Um, But when you see them go onto an automated insulin delivery system, and again, whether it's DIY or commercial, just everything gets better. And you can then actually have a really quick interaction in clinic because they're meeting and exceeding all their goals. And you can start talking to them about what their plans are for their summer vacation and how their dog is doing. And isn't that really what it's all about is helping our patients to kind of meet and even exceed their glucose goals with minimal um, variability. And that's ultimately why I put this paper out and why I got this expert panel together is I just wanted people across Canada to feel comfortable supporting their patients to use the insulin delivery system that is best for them. And we shouldn't be a barrier to them doing that.
0: And I think that's just a fabulous perspective is, you know, we are there, we're kind of like their diabetes coach, their diabetes support team, um, to to help them find the options that work best for them. So thank you so much, Alana, for this overview of the DIY systems. And as you mentioned, we do have that full webinar with Alana Chambers and Kate Farnsworth that you can review if you want more detail on this topic. Um, Gail, what are your thoughts on this? Do you feel more comfortable heading
1: back to clinic when someone brings up this idea? Thank you, Dr. Halburn. That was so informative, and I love the resources you talked about. And it's really interesting to hear about the evidence we have behind us now. And I think that's where the healthcare professionals coming in, was there evidence behind this before? We didn't necessarily see it, but now you're showing us this evidence and the information. And I love the resources that you gave us. So it's the loopers, the Facebook group and the loop docs, and also diabetes Canada, both their physician statement and the webinar that you've done, I think are fabulous resources that we can share with our patients. Um, and I heard you very clearly, uh, we're not the experts, just like we're not the experts in the commercial systems, but knowing that we're using some of the very similar tools that we have in the other systems, I think is really helpful. We've seen Tidepool and Nightscap for years, and so we shouldn't be afraid to use them. And also, I think the patients using these systems, I still say, are so invested in their own management, that it's exciting to work with them, because Again, conversation with them, it's all patient-centered care. They've chosen to use this system because it meets their needs. And we are there to support them. And I think you've given us a lot of information to work with Dr. Alpern. And yes, I am much more comfortable now in supporting our patients using these systems. So thank you for your information today.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Alana, for enlightening us on this new area of technology.
2: Thanks so much for having me. Take care.
0: Please help us improve our future podcasts by filling out the survey in the show notes. Thanks for joining us today. If you have questions about the episode or about becoming a member of the Diabetes Canada Professional section, please email professional.membership at diabetes.ca. Special thanks to Adam Humphries for providing the music for today's podcast.